Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. A couple murdered on the fringes of Moab, Utah, two people who were well-known to the small, cultured community, callously shot while camping. Their bodies left half-naked, possibly posed. No witnesses but the birds and maybe a cell phone tower somewhere. Next on Drowning Verdict, I talk about a case with no concrete evidence, but a silver bullet and casings left at the scene. Unusual. Unless, of course, you link what happened in previous unusual cases of their time. Those killers disagreed with what campers were doing. So did the killer here disagree with something too? And did a precious metal like silver leave a message for us to discover? what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth in all this confusion, I've lost track myself. So why don't you forget about it and check out the link at the top of this episode's description. Get yourself a free website. I've used Strikingly since they were founded and have always appreciated their amazing templates and tools. Click the link, get started, and you'll find that it's free to build a basic site in minutes. Strikingly gives you everything for not only one website, but multiple if you've got some time to kill. So if you feel lucky, check it out today. Link for you in the description. Hello and welcome to Drowning Verdict. I'm Chip Mahoney and you're listening to my true crime podcast. This is a podcast where I talk about cases out there in the world that fascinate me and I go more in depth with the case. So thanks a lot for joining me today. You might have found me on my YouTube or my Twitter, which is a good way to get the latest episodes in that format. If you like what you hear in the sample, click the link in the description to get to the full episode and check it out. Uh, If you're on my YouTube, that's a good place to be. You can subscribe there, get full episodes. No need to go anywhere else, but uh, you can get full episodes of Drowning Verdict plus my other show called Glock Watchers, which is uh, my YouTube show. You can see me, uh, maybe not a full frontal, uh, but halfway up, if you know what I'm saying. So you can check out that show as well. And uh, you know what? I had to pull the trigger on something recently, so I'm also on TikTok. Yeah, TikTok, you don't stop. TikTok for, uh, you know, true crime for TikTok, that sort of thing. I'm there. You can find me. Um, and you know what? Follow me there as well. So I'm on those channels, uh, also Spotify. So do what you got to do. Come back for more. Be more part of what I do because you know what? I'm an author. I talk about story connections, new angles, and sometimes, sometimes maybe there's a nugget of truth here and there. And a true crime, hey, I think that's a pretty cool thing because I think it's great to share information if it's worthy. And, uh, you know, podcasting, what a great platform for that all around the world. And uh, you know what? I did my rap last year for Spotify. Don't know if you know about that, but they do it for uh, podcasters on their platform. They show you wrapped of all the listeners. And I think I'm in like 18 countries. So that's a total trip to me. 
totally appreciate listeners out there all around in the world. And uh, I'm also part of a network in Australia, actually. So, hey, uh, you never know where you can uh, find out some information and share information. So thanks a lot for being here today. And I think this is a perfect episode um, to really get into uh, why I do my podcast, because there's uh, there's some juice there. It just gets me motivated and something uh, to really chew on and think about. And I'm going to give you that today. I always say that to my listeners. I'm going to give you something, a reason to stick around and, um, you know, listen for the uh, 10, 15 minutes I've got for you today, because I know you're busy. Uh, We're all busy doing nothing. Sometimes we're doing something, but we're busy doing nothing. But this is what I want you to be busy doing something, that it's worth your time. You're a smart person. If you're checking this out and you subscribe, you've got half a brain. You've you've got a full brain, you know, compared to what else is out there. And, uh, you know, I'm doing it for you. So I've got uh, a little uh, play on the silver bullet. And what I'm talking about there is just some new information that came out in the Moab murders case. Um, It's probably not seen as, um, you know, really big information that some of the um, bigger outlets are going to, you know, go with. But for me, the author, my author mind, it means something. So I'm going to take you down a road. I'm going to take you back uh, several years and then I'm going to take you back to the 70s. Uh, into the 1970s because there's a couple cases I want to talk about briefly that I've talked about in other episodes and then I'm going to get back to the theory the silver bullet theory is what I'm calling it because uh, in recent uh, news on local news they've talked about the bullet casings that were found at the uh, murder site in the LaSalle mountains for the Moab murdered couple uh, the same-sex couple who was murdered there in August uh, right around the time of the Gabby Petito uh, fiasco happening uh, but they were murdered and that is an unsolved case I think it's one of the biggest unsolved cases in America and it's got a lot of mystery to it so the theory I'm going to go with is my own uh, idea about it based on previous experience, previous cases, and I'm going to talk about the bullet itself. I'm going to talk about those casings because when it comes to evidence, uh, when it comes to DNA, um, the things that uh, investigators need to work with, there's not much here. But this bullet, this silver bullet, um, and the casings that go with it, I think a couple were found, I think it could prove worthy. So I'm going to give you that. So stick with it. But let me talk about um, the previous cases, which I've covered on a previous episode of Drowning Verdict, which are similar shootings. And when talking about these cases, they're they're interesting to the fact that, um, you know, it's a murder couple and they were camping or they were, you know, sleeping out in nature, if you will, under the stars. And it's happened before. It happened uh, 17 years ago. Uh, approximately 17 years ago and that and actually it was on the same date August 14th 2004 and that was Jenner Beach it was a murdered couple there uh, eventually solved right around uh, 2016 so there was some justice in that case and then back in the 1970s actually 1972 in a different country in Canada um, we had the radar beach killing uh, which was the same kind of setup and actually investigators uh, you know, way back in uh, with the Jenner Beach one had thought that, wow, maybe it could be the same killer 30 years later because it was a camping couple. It was, uh, you know, a murdered couple. And the two people who committed those murders, 1972 and in 2004, those guys, they were kind of similar in a way to me. Um, 
1972 was a man named Joseph Burgess who was he wasn't found out until later later on in New Mexico actually you kind of should read that story for yourself um but he had a problem with the couple he was uh you know uh over the top religious he was like a zealot and he did not like them sleeping together now the same thing could have been said for Jenner Beach because they were um a couple uh, who wasn't married and it was assumed at the time that the murderer had had thought the same thing that because they were so religious themselves or Christian and they were um, you know uh, together but they were unmarried that maybe the killer had the same kind of fascination that you know they were gonna do something about it because it it angered them um, so there was connections there between those two murderers but I don't necessarily think that was uh, exactly how they were because Joseph Burgess in 1972 um, he was a total zealot um, he was just you know the kind of person who thought that God was talking to him directly and you know he was probably like a modern-day prophet at that time and could take uh, you know justice into his own hands for you know how he thought that people were living in sin however we know that by reading the Bible that justice is for God only you know for the Lord only that is that is his justice not ours so he uh, w went over the top crazy uh, murdered them with a a rifle called a Gevarm rifle which is a French based rifle a 22 uh, kind of like a soldier weapon um, more of like an automatic load system to it and that was the type of rifle used in it Okay, so and I'm going to go back to Jenner Beach, which is in 2004, and in that case, it was also another unusual rifle, and actually, this rifle was a Marlin rifle. It was discovered that the rifle used to murder the couple, to shoot them uh, for sleeping uh, together on that beach uh, at that place and time uh, by a man named Sean Gallen. Um, he used an unusual rifle as well, a Marlin rifle. Those aren't uh, household names, a Gevarm and a, and a Marlin rifle. So <clears throat> those guys were living on the uh, kind of the fringes of society. Joseph Burgess in 1972 in that hippie commune there at Radar Beach, which is in a place called Tofino in the Vancouver area, like an island. It was kind of like a hippie enclave, if you will, where a lot of people uh, live that way. You know that was just kind of the times but he was on the fringes of society uh that or i should say the fringes of that that culture like a subculture and i would say the same thing for sean gallon as well i don't think he was uh you know you know his reasons for killing um i think you know from what i've read said that you know he was uh hearing voices and they were calling out to him to you know, don't pass by that car, you know, go, go down to the beach where, you know, you saw, saw a car parked on the road, go down to the beach and kill who's ever there. So I don't think it was necessarily the same kind of motive. Uh, there were different people in that way, but he himself was also living on the fringes of the culture, uh, rather in a subculture around that culture in, uh, you know, the Jenner Beach, Northern California area, because again, that area is not typically well populated or well known such as uh, maybe San Francisco or the surrounding uh, areas of San Francisco so you have these like micro communities and this is where I'm getting at you have these killers uh, couples on the beach they're they're known and uh, they're they're seen they're right there for anybody to see and these guys take action for their own reasons but they're in these micro communities and they're on the fringes of that culture which i would call like a subculture and they're using rifles uh, murder weapons that are uncommon they're not household names and this is where i'm going to 
today with the silver bullet theory. And I'm talking about the Moab murders, which happened uh, August... uh, August uh, 14th of 2021, so not too long ago. Now, the setup is similar, but it's different. It's similar because it is a couple. They're camping. They're out in nature. They're not by the beach or the ocean. They're in uh, the LaSalle Mountains. And out there, it's rather remote. There's only about five or six campsites, uh, a cell tower we think nearby, um, but not a lot of people, not a big campground. But again, they're murdered, and they're murdered with a gun or uh, a type. Uh, it could be uh, a nine millimeter handgun, but it could also be a rifle. And so, what was discovered is that uh, around that time in um, Montezuma County, Colorado, which is about I want to say about two hours away from La Salle, I believe, that there was uh, some stolen uh, weaponry. One of which uh, was they say a handgun, the other they say a bolt action rifle. And they said that they were Turkish made. So, although it has not been disclosed, the type, uh, the exact type uh, matching the casings, I don't know if they've got there yet with the investigators, but I could surmise or I could theorize that it could be possibly a Mauser bolt action rifle, a Turkish made Mauser bolt action rifle. And I could also surmise and say that because they were riddled with bullets that the rifle was used first possibly to hunt one of the uh, girls, uh, one of the ladies, and then up close because they were shot from all sides that a handgun, um, uh, the 9mm was used as well. So maybe that's where the casings come from. Now, it's not exactly clear how... um, you know that played out but that's some of the evidence and that's what they're thinking about in the case so here's where i'm going with this theory and here's where my author mind comes into play and here's where i will say that uh you know maybe i would write the fiction you know i would i would pen the fiction if i were writing the story and so this is where i'm going with it you know it's an unusual thing and it kind of fits with the previous cases that i've talked about someone who is uh you know, really on the outside of that uh, culture, existing in the subculture of the community. So Moab, uh, it's about 5,000 in population. These people were obviously known. Um, I think it's Grand County, Utah. That's about 10,000 population, including Moab. So I would call that within the community as well, because they're, I would say they're interrelated. But who exists out on the fringes of that culture in a subculture, and who doesn't agree with um, what the couple was doing? Now, in the previous cases from 72 and 2004, the murderers didn't agree with um, the couple camping there. Uh, Joseph Burgess didn't agree with them being unmarried. Now, it wasn't a same-sex couple um, that wasn't popular popularized like it is today in 1972. It's a different time, a different place, um, just a totally different place in society. But nonetheless, he did not agree with what they're doing. Uh, Jenner Beach with Sean Gallen, he didn't agree with them sleeping there. We don't know if it necessarily has to do with uh, them being unmarried. But uh, as far as uh, the reports go for that case, it was because he was hearing voices and he decided to, to murder them. But the person here, which is a man, um, and I've said before that uh, 
you know, the, the killer is between, you know, usually between uh, 30 and 45 years old. And if he was called a creepy guy or a creepy dude, then he's a younger man. So I would say that he is someone, as I've stated before on Drowning Verdict, that he's someone probably under 30 years old, maybe 28, maybe 29 years old. But it's one dude, a creepy dude, who is, uh, as the uh, murdered uh, women who... Uh, were murdered by this person had said there's a creepy dude around and if something happens to us there's a creepy dude so i would say that the creepy dude is the killer and that he is of that age but he exists in the subculture he is on the fringes of that uh, community and he doesn't agree he doesn't agree with what they were doing and what were they doing well i don't think he agreed with them being together as a same-sex couple that's my uh, opinion that's how the author and me would write that fiction if i were writing it and this is where i would go with that silver bullet when it comes to a wedding ring uh, a ceremonial ring most rings are made from precious metals they're made from silver they're made from gold and some other precious metals out there but typically that's what you would see a silver ring or a gold ring. Now, I don't know if this couple had a silver ring. I've seen some pictures, but how did it go in their ceremony? How many people attended their ceremony? How many people knew about it? And it was it on display. Now, I would only know this if I lived within the culture and I knew these people, but being outside of it, never been to Moab myself, only hearing about it, I would have no idea about that. But I'm talking about the killer. I'm talking about the dude who was upset that they were together. Again, this is fiction. This is me writing the fiction. But I'm taking what I think about um, this unusual rifle or this unusual gun, this 9mm, this silver bullet, or um, how it was designed or said to be uh, designed and finding out more about it. So it's a precious metal. Now... What's a 9mm uh, bullet normally made of? It's made of base metals, not precious metals. Typically, a base metal is copper, and it's usually about 70 to 80% copper in the bullet. So that includes the casing, that includes the um, outer layer of the bullet, uh, the inner uh, layer, um, other materials as well are base metals, but not precious metals. So did the silver bullet, did that have to do with the killer saying something about the couple being together, that he didn't agree with it? Is that his voice? Is that his opinion on them, uh, who, who they were and what they were doing, and maybe not agreeing with them, as the other killers in the past, in different places and times, when... We're not talking about same sex. We're not talking in about 2021 when it's all accepted and it's all on uh, TV news and it's universally adopted. It's in the NFL. It's universally adopted. But we're going back to different places and times when it wasn't same sex, but it was unmarried couples that were on the beach and killers who didn't agree with what they were doing. Joseph Burgess uh, certainly didn't agree with what they were doing. That's why he killed the couple. Sean Gallon didn't agree with them being there. He might have killed them for the same kind of zealot reasons, but he was another level of insane. He had already killed, I believe, his brother, and caused a lot of uh, caused a lot of problems in that local community. It was known to authorities. <clears throat> so, what I would say to kind of wrap up this silver bullet theory for the Moab murders in the next couple minutes, keep you with me until the end, 
and talking about something that uh, isn't normally on the uh, the news feed or they're not running with it. I guess they're just waiting for another murder to happen in order to talk about it again. So what I would say about it is what I've said before is that this silver bullet, this rifle, most likely if it were a Turkish rifle used, it was probably a Mauser bolt action rifle. I would say that he hunted one of them with that rifle. And then as reported, they were shot multiple times from multiple directions. So I would say then he got up close with the handgun and that's where those casings were found. They were also found uh, half uh, naked, possibly posed, but the killer knew who these people were. He is probably about 28 29 years old yeah it's one dude and he lives on the fringes of that culture he exists within a subculture outside of that culture and i would say um i would have to guess that the the culture itself of moab especially moab and that surrounding areas is not um what i would call like utah cowboy or somebody who was country i would say that it is um rock climbing it is alternative stuff it is uh you know vote democrat uh all the stuff that goes hand in hand with this stuff as being accepted as like a community of uh you know acceptance that somebody is on the inside that community but he's on the the fringes of it just like montezuma county is in colorado and it's on the other uh, side of the the border between utah and colorado so this person lives on the subculture he doesn't agree with what they're doing he knew what they were doing um i don't know how big the ceremony was how much it was celebrated but he knew about it and therefore he took action and he is saying something with the precious metal that is laced in that bullet that is in the shell casings and not a base metal and he is saying something about why they were killed and why he did it and you're never going to find me because those uh weapons were stolen they can't be traced because the original owner in montezuma county wherever they lived is registered to that person but they were stolen just like a stolen car used in a bank robbery you can't really trace it back to the bank robber unless you have some sort of dna or fingerprint so no fingerprint on the bullet i would imagine but the silver and the bullet the lining of the bullet um and the casings themselves is if it true is silver if it's a base metal then he's saying something about a silver ring he's saying something about the ceremony was were the victims um did they have a big ceremony did they have a silver ring uh presented in that ceremony uh i.e a wedding ring or a wedding band and it does that have something to do with it or is that a relation to the killer again i said i'm writing the fiction so if i were writing the story that's where my author mind would go and I would reveal that later on, maybe in a procedural uh, type of novel, although I've never written a procedural or cop procedural novel before. I think that would be interesting to talk about precious metals and base metals. And does that have something to do with this case? Well, for now, we don't know. They've talked about it in the news a little bit. I think there is something uh, there though, because if we didn't have the previous cases, of 1972 and 2004 of what we've learned from those two killers their motives the rifles that they've they used and how they lived on the fringes of that culture in a subculture 
then I don't think I could piece it together here. But when uh, the Moab murder couple takes place in August two, uh, 2021, August 14th, their bodies are found a few days later. It's exactly 17 years ago to the date, to the actual date in 2004, when Sean Gallen murdered uh, that couple on the beach at Jenner Beach. And those detectives back then had thought that the Tofino killer, the Vancouver Island killer, also known as Radar Beach, was the same dude, was the same person. Well, in this case, I think there's a lot of similarities. That's why I'm talking about it. It's a mystery, but this makes for some fiction that you can work with. But is it fact? Is it reality? Does the silver bullet uh, have something to say from the killer? Did he purposely do that because he didn't agree with what they were doing and that doesn't really sit well within the culture because the culture is uh, acceptable of everything going on in modern society it's uh, i would imagine that's the case there you could tell me but the killer the person on the outside in the subculture i don't think agreed with it and i think that's the message and that's the fiction so what do you think does that make any sense to you is there just cause there Well, I guess it's something when there's nothing and there's no fingerprint, there's no DNA, and there really isn't much that the investigators have said other than they were shot up a lot of times from different angles. And I believe that they were posed, that they were were half uh, naked from the bottom. And that says something to me as well. What does it say to you? Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.